it's the proudest day and the proudest time and the seat of a relic here because that day and that hour and those minutes I got the butt between my teeth you know I really stood up and was counted and said this is not getting away I remember when we pulled on our helmets and Donald says to me what are we doing I said we're going for gold Barrett that's all we said I can still picture that run that was just the best best run ever To Crunching Gears, the Rally Podcast, episode 40, would you believe? Uh, Connor, you're very welcome once again. Thanks, Kevin. Delighted to be here as always. Yeah, so uh, before we start, just once again, can you please like, share, comment, rate, subscribe, all those things make a huge difference, you know, and uh, you know, everything that's been going on this last few weeks has been great, we appreciate it, the, the numbers and, you know, your comments and, and your likes and all that's been much appreciated. So just give it up. Uh, on this show, we, we catch up with Aaron Johnson and hear about his uh, World Championship travels. Uh, we also ca- catch up with Mick Morrissey, um, one of the true characters of the sport. Uh, just, you know, kind of how he got on this year, really, I suppose. And then finally, then it was a pleasure then for myself then to catch up with uh, Melvin and Marion Evans, two, you know, real gentlemen of the, the rallying world, you know. But, you know, without further ado, I suppose we'll take a wee quick look at the Cummins Goons in the WRC this past week, Connor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know we had our special last week with the announcement that um, Craig had jumped ship from M Sport to go back to Hyundai. Um, and then, you know, as, as we got a bit of clarity on the, the lineup for Hyundai, we see that Lappy has gone for a full-time seat there with them as well. So he's moved from Toyota. Um so interesting times and, and interesting there. Hyundai is getting a bit of inside knowledge because, you know, there's Hyundai's two main opposition teams mm-hmm. there that, that they're getting the driver from each. So there, um, there'll be a bit of knowledge transfer there, definitely, with regard to getting that Hyundai tweaked and set up compared to its competitors. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, you, you know, some t- there's part of my head kind of questioning what's Lappy's reason behind, you know, jumping from Toyota to Hyundai. But I suppose, like at best, he had a part drive there, so he's going for a full drive. And like I do think Lappy has a talent. There's no doubt about it. Um, if the carriage fell in his favour, he's, he's a potential world champion, you know. So, uh, you know, will he fit in? Will he have that? You know, almost kind of strong enough to stand up to Navalny, I suppose, on what I'm trying to say. Like Tannock, we know how strong he is, and it just. The, the two of them seem to grate almost together. You'd like Hyundai to fit better. Yes, you would hope so. Like Certainly, we've seen a, a different Lappy, maybe a more relaxed Lappy in the last year and a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, when he did get the drives out with Toyota, he was very strong, fantastic speed, some great positions. Events didn't always go his way, but that's you know a lack of seat time. With the Hyundai... What we'll have to wait and see is, can he drive the car as well? You know, one that's set up towards Thierry Neuville, as we discussed previously, that the mm-hmm. car really is built around Thierry. So if Lappy can get in and handle that perfectly, then I think this is a fantastic opportunity. Again, you know, that full-time drive, um, rather than sharing a car with Ogier. And, and you know, if you, if you listen to 
the backstories interview that that um, WRC did with Lappy. You know, OJ has, has always had some impact on his career and his driving, and there's always been that overlap. So maybe this was his chance to escape and be free of of OJ. <laughs> yeah, that is for sure. That is for sure. And like, and then you know, Craig Breen and James Fullerton. Then you know, they'll be sharing the car with uh, Danny Sorrow. Like, it has to be. You know, this is Craig's chance. You know, clean sheet of paper once again. Go for it. You know, forget about you know the twenty twenty two. It didn't work. You know, move on. Uh, still, we're waiting on the M Sport announcement yet. Lots of interesting rumours. There's no, there's no point in us rehashing all that. So, you know, we'll just have to wait and see, really. Yeah, I think, look, there's a huge question mark over M Sport. To be honest, unless M Sport can really bring in some big sponsorship, and they haven't been able to really do that so far in the last couple of years, I don't think they're going to be in announcing, you know, a megastar lineup. It's probably looking unlikely at this stage. But, you know, you never know. Malcolm might pull something out of a hat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with regard to Craig, so... Danny seems to be doing the majority of the events for next year from what we can gather. It's looking like it's eight rounds. So, you know, Craig will be in the car, but maybe not just as often. So hopefully that takes the pressure off him and allows him to have a reset. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, he gets a good bit of testing, uh, you know, and not having that pressure of being a lead driver as well, too, which I think is a crucial thing as well, too. And then, you know, closer to home as well, you know, Aaron Johnson has now stepped up to the, you know, the, the main Toyota thing. Great to see. Yeah, no, fantastic news. Like, really, it's been a pleasure to follow Aaron and Taka's year. Um, They've had a really successful year in um, the WRC. They've exceeded the targets that would have been set for them. Um, They finished the, the, the championship fifth overall, which is phenomenal. It's fantastic. And, you know, again, from the sports perspective, great to have young blood you know, up there challenging. And then also the fact that it's a Japanese, you know, driver is there and, and so highly placed in the championship. At the end of the day, there's always been a strong connection with Toyota manufacturers, or sorry, apologies, Japanese manufacturers in the championship. And it's great. And if, if that maybe might help encourage Subaru or Honda or somebody else to dip their toe in the water again, that would be phenomenal. It really would, it really would. And you caught up with Aaron then as well. I did. Aaron literally had landed back in Ireland again um, from his, his trip to Japan. He'd, he'd been out there, I think, three and a bit weeks. Um, and I just literally had the chance to sit down and have a chat with him and, and appreciate his time. And what do you call it? I started out with asking him, how did 2022 go for him? Yeah, all good, Connor. Thanks for having me on again. Um, the year, I think, Exceeded all of our expectations, to be honest, um, to finish P5 in the championship behind what you can essentially call the big four of uh, Calais and uh, Elfin and then Thierry and Oit. And, and to be, you know, runner up to them guys, I think uh, definitely is, is more than we had expected at the beginning of the year. We had some targets, of course, you know, as competitors, we always want to do the best job that we can. But uh, after 13 rallies all over the world to, to finish in fifth, I think we it's something we can be very, very proud of. And uh, it's something that we can definitely build on then moving forward into next year. And, you know, I, I suppose effectively you were Toyota rallies, you know, Toyota WRC, the, the B team, the second team. So what, you know, did that mean the pressure wasn't on you or was the pressure just the same? And, you know, kind of how, how was that? 
Well, I think the B team is maybe something that we don't really want to talk about. We can call it the next gen team, but uh, yeah, I understand what you're saying. And and to move up now next year to the A team, if you want to call it this, is uh, is another you know step on the ladder. But uh, this year we just did our own thing. Um, events that we were feeling comfortable on, like Sweden and. Portugal, Kenya, places like this, you know, the times were, were right up there at, at the business end and on events maybe that we weren't so confident on like Croatia or Sardinia or places like this, uh, you know, we accepted that and, and took it as it came and built the experience for, for the years to come. But uh, I think pressure-wise, if we can do the same job that we did this year and just you know, take baby steps again forward, then uh, I think as a third car, it's, it's exactly what the team require and, and what they need uh, for someone to be in and around that fourth and fifth place. Uh, and if something goes wrong in front, that you're there to collect the points. Uh, and that's exactly what we did this year uh, on on all events. And of course, there were events that we were able to push more. And, and this is what we the plan was from the beginning of the year. So, I don't think for us things will really change. Um, we will just do the same job that we did and, and hopefully we can we can achieve the results and, and score the points for the manufacturers. And obviously I don't mean anything derogatory by the, the A or the B teams, but your, your step up or your promotion as such to, to the main WRC team now, um, was that immediately on the cards or is that in recognition basically of, of the strength of, of your performance this year? Yeah, yeah, don't worry. I understand what you mean about the A team and the B team. It's, it's no problem. Um, I think, to be honest, we we had certain targets, obviously, from the team this year. And, and quite early on, we had, uh, you know, ticked many of them off. So then from, from their side, I guess they were thinking about the next step for us already, maybe in the middle of the year. And and it was something that we were made aware of, you know, a few rallies ago, but of course nothing was uh, confirmed. And, and it was only after Japan, really, that we got the information about moving up. But, uh, yeah, I think um, I think we can, you know, just continue like we have done. And, and thanks to the guys for, you know, really giving us the opportunity to step up and... Uh, you know, work with uh, Callie and, and Elfin on a full-time basis and, of course, Seb in the third year. And just uh, I'm, I'm just having a quick check on, on the WRC.com. Uh, you know, looking at you had a fairly solid year, but just a little bit of a wobble there towards the end. New Zealand and Spain, probably the, the weaker performances. And, and at the end of the season, you know, I suppose, how did that feel? Like having had such a, a strong run up to that point, was there a wee knock in confidence or was it just like, this is a blip, it, it's no problem, we'll, we'll we'll recalibrate and move on in Japan? Yeah, I think, to be honest, <clears throat> New Zealand was round 11, so we had already done 10 rallies without a mistake and, and, and no problem scoring points uh, on every single one of them events and good points in, in positions, you know, in the top five. So it's part of rallying. That's rallying, as they say. These things are going to happen and uh, I think, the fact that we did 10 rallies without making any sort of errors proves that, you know, the progress that we have made, not only with Taga, but as a crew. Um, Spain, I think, on the other hand, was 
just one of them things. We got a puncture and dropped a minute. And after that, on a rally that everybody knows so well and that the margins are so fine to lose a minute till a puncture, it's it's really impossible to, to make that time back. But the feeling in Spain was really good with the car and uh, obviously going to Japan, which was also a tarmac rally, the confidence was actually pretty high after Spain, albeit the result maybe wasn't as strong as we would have liked all because of the puncture. But uh, yeah, uh, the confidence on all surfaces, I think, uh, in the car now with, with ourselves and the other guys is, is really good. And we feel confident uh, every time we step into it and the engineers are doing a really good job to give us a car that, that we feel comfortable in and that we can push and, and set the times that we are. And Rally Japan, obviously, first time for yourself to compete there. And unfortunately, maybe some of the negative things around the rally made the headlines. But how was the event for how did you, you know, Percy, find the event? How did it compare, you know, even with what's the tarmac like there? Is it is there much of a difference to some of the other rounds that you would do? Or what was the preparation like for the event? Yeah, well, first of all, I think, you know, it was the first time that the rally has run in 12 years and it was in a completely different area and on a, obviously a, a different surface with the last one being gravel and this one being tarmac. And, I think probably a lot of the people that were involved in organizing the rally, you know, in the 2000s weren't uh, weren't involved in organizing this one. So essentially it was a new rally and like everything, you know, everybody has to learn. And yeah, OK, there was a few things that definitely can be improved uh, for next year. But overall, I feel the rally was a success and. You know, there was a hell of a lot of people out on the stages and even on the road sections. And, uh, you know, there was no issues from that side. So I think from what I was expecting, leaving home was maybe a rally that was more like Catalonia in Spain. You know, fast, flowing, more open with uh, a white line down the middle of it. And I guess the Fast and Furious franchise didn't help with this uh impression either but when we got there and on the recce i was really really surprised on how tight and technical the roads were and not even that uh, you know these roads that we were rallying on maybe for the general public they were not even using because there was so much pollution and, and moss and things already there before the recce so hopefully now that the rally has been a success and uh, it is on the calendar for next year that they can you know look about roads that maybe are not as uh, tight and and technical and and they can open it up like this of course you know as competitors with these tight and technical roads we enjoy but uh, it's better if there is maybe a little bit of a mixture that mm. not everything is so narrow and and so technical but Okay, it was a good event. It was a good event, and it was one that we enjoyed. But yeah, of course, you know everybody can improve with uh, with the experience, and I think that the organizers in Japan will definitely be able to learn from from the events of last week and and make the event bigger and better and stronger for for next season. And you mentioned earlier that that you know your role this year was basically to be there in around the midpoint and be able to pick up positions and points if the opportunity arose and that's certainly what happened in Japan and you know uh, Taka seemed such a gent and if not slightly embarrassed to find out that Evans you know had lost his position and Taka was now and, and yourself were now in third place overall like 
was that a I suppose a shock to the two of you or and how did that feel you know certainly going to Japan and Taka was certainly center of attention as the Japanese driver amongst the, the the Japanese team from my side anyway I would have been more than happy finishing in fourth and an elephant to win the rally because of course we were in Toyota City and it was Toyota's home event uh, and there was a lot of people there that don't have the luxury from Japan of traveling to events overseas so so to bring that win home for Toyota would have been you know even more special than than us finishing on the podium in third but on the same hand to get a Japanese driver on the podium on Rally Japan was also a big thing for not only the sport and Toyota but for everyone involved and from my side, it, it was an incredible experience. You know, I knew that Taka was a big thing in Japan, but uh, to see the amount of support and, and fans that he had there was, was incredible. To answer the other side of the question, I didn't actually realize that Elvin had a puncture uh, until after we moved away from the stop line because Taka removes the intercom uh, to, to speak to the end of stage reporters and it was something that I wasn't aware of at this point, but uh, yeah, this is what our job is: is to uh, you know to be in and around these positions that that we can capitalize on, you know, dramas in front, and that's exactly what we did. And it was great to bring the car home in in third place and top Toyota and uh, have at least one on the podium. And what uh, you mentioned earlier as well, you know, punctures coming into effect in in Spain and. Sebastian Oje raised the the issue around his view on the, the the Pirelli tires and the quality of the tires. You know, how how has the the the, the series of punctures impacted? Do, do you feel it made a difference to your own championship or the team's championship? Uh, from our side, I think you know we haven't had so many. We had one in Croatia, we had one in Spain, um, and apart from this. Sitting here now, I don't really recall any others that massively affected uh, the results, but we're competing in the most extreme form of motorsport in the world and driving on surfaces that, you know, you would never experience on on normal day-to-day driving. And Pirelli are new to the championship and, you know, they're still working uh this last few years to to build their experience and and their profile on the world championship again from uh, taking back over so i think that the job that they have done so far has been uh, has been really good and like anything in life it's just the more experience you get the the better job you can do and i'm sure they're working to constantly improve in the future and aaron you know obviously japanese event home rally for Toyota, home rally for Taka. And you were there for, I think, the guts of three weeks or if not slightly longer, you know. I'm sure it wasn't a holiday. I would say you had plenty of PR and promotional work to do for Toyota. Yes, well, we left. I left uh, home here and went to Finland first uh, and then went from there to Japan. And we went with JAL, Japan Airlines, uh, from Finland to Tokyo Direct and Already when we arrived in the airport, we had some PR to do with them, obviously, with them being a a sponsor for the team. So from we arrived really until almost a week after the event, it was go, go, go with either PR or obviously then the preparation and and during the event. So it was busy uh, and it 
we didn't really have so much downtime, but uh, from what I did see of Japan, uh, I definitely am looking forward to going back as as a tourist and not just when the rally's on to spend some time there and, and experience everything that it has to offer. I can only imagine there was, you know, a bit of buzz and excitement amongst the Toyota management. The fact that, you know, the team had come home and had brought with it the manufacturers and the drivers championship. Yeah, it was a massive thing. And of course, you know, Toyota want one of their drivers and co-drivers to win the the drivers and co-drivers titles. But for them, the most important thing is the manufacturers. And to already see that in, in Spain made the job an awful lot easier going into Japan, where we were all told that we can we can push for the rally victory. So, uh, yeah, it took some of the pressure off. And it meant that everyone was a little bit more relaxed and, and could enjoy the rally for what it was, uh, you know, their home event instead of having the additional pressure of, of achieving a result. So, yeah. Uh, it was it was special and we already had some activities before the rally began because we had already clinched the the manufacturer's title and it was nice to to do this already before the rally started and as i mentioned earlier you're stepping up into the main team now for for the 23 season and you're sharing the car with sebastian Auger. from a development point of view of the car and i know you can't give much away but you know what's the expectation around upgrades and improvements you know is is is, is there stuff coming down the line that you're aware of uh, the guys are always working and and trying to find some some small updates and upgrades that obviously lead to a reduction in in the time that it takes us to do the stages but uh, as for next year, I'm not really aware of anything coming. Uh, you know, it's it's a constant thing. Every everybody is trying to find something, and you know, the biggest upgrade we made this season was, I think, before Estonia, we brought the new rear arrow, and uh, at the minute there is no testing plan before Christmas. So the first one will be the pre-event Monty test now with the new regulations on on the limited testing that we're allowed. So. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there will be something, but from my side, I'm not sure what. Mm. And speaking of testing and more just a curiosity point of view for myself, you know, what's your involvement in testing? Is it there just from a safety point of view, reading notes, or do you get to have an input and a say with the engineers about what you feel, you know, is is good or not good on the car? Well, from a co-driver's perspective, let's say now that we're a year into the Rally 1, there is maybe not so much that uh, we will have a say on because it's more just the feeling from the driver and, and the comfort levels but if you rewind to this time last year when everything was new and you had the, obviously the redesigned cockpits with the exhaust tunnel and uh, the limited space that we had compared to previous generations of car uh, the input from the co-drivers was always valued because it was something that maybe the designers had thought about, but in real-world experience, it's not something that they have ever done before. Uh, so at this point, it was a massive thing for not only myself, but all of the rest of the guys to, to get their opinion down. And I have to say, in, in our team anyway, that uh, everything was done to make us as comfortable in the car as they possibly could. But from from now moving into next year and all of this has been finalized i think it's just more personally down to to the driver and and the setup but uh, we're still there it's good practice until 
that point now, I'll not have read notes in six weeks before the Monty test. So just to get back into the swing of things before going up the, the Torini on Thursday night. And moving away from Toyota, um, silly season seems to have had a longer run than normal this year. What's your, your thoughts on the seat hopping and resignations and, and various things that are going on around you and the other teams? Yeah, look, it's called the silly season for a reason. You know, it, it gives you guys something to talk about and uh, and uh, make plenty of media noise. So, yeah, it, uh, there's always a few surprises every year and uh, this year has been no different. But I think now it has, uh, a lot of it has been, you know, published apart from obviously Ford. So let's see what they come with. But uh, yeah, it's there's always something to talk about. So, Aaron, listen, again, appreciate your time. It's, you know, fantastic for you to come and give us an update of how things went for the year. Delighted, you know, with your fifth overall. It's been, you know, from our side, it's been a pleasure to watch y- y- your journey with Takamoto. And we're really looking forward to to next year and what 23 brings. Yeah, thank you, Connor. It's always a pleasure to come on and, and be involved with the Crunching Gears podcast. And I have to say thanks for that. And also thanks to all my personal sponsors this year. Uh, with CNM Motorsport, McKelvey Construction, PH Shop Blasting, and ECDNY. Without these guys, it would have been an awful lot more difficult for me to to achieve my dreams and and to keep pushing at this level. So, thanks to them for coming on board uh, this year, and I hope that I can continue to represent them into next season. Good to hear there from Martin. You know, so, you know what can we say? Brilliant. Um, another one of those characters that you know has been around the sport for a long time is Mick Morrissey, who wasn't long back from Japan either. <laughs> you know, um, I caught up with Mick at the start of this week and asked him, you know, he's been involved in rallying now for over forty years. How did he first get involved? Kevin, <laughs> you can you can add ten more years onto that forty or more. <laughs> yeah, would, would you believe? Would you believe I started rallying in nineteen seventy one? Uh, the, the, the first Ravens Rock we had uh, knew absolutely nothing about rallying uh, my, my motorbikes bike racing was my first love actually mm-hmm. and there but for the grace of God go I I nearly bought a I nearly bought a, bought a bike a chap I was friendly with uh, Tony Hanrahan T- Tony started racing and uh, I went for a spin his, on, his, on his bike one night just around the roads here and uh, went looking around went looking to buy a bike didn't buy one, thanks be to God. And next thing, uh, the Ravens Rock was taking place. We didn't know anything about rallying, but I had an Austin 1300 GT with ordinary seat belts and uh, Aaron Rady and Rebels on it. And we had to go to the Ravens Rock six days at night time, uh, to- totally blind. And to a different timing system back then as well. But sure, since then, we, we moved along a little bit piece by piece. <laughs> and and uh, we, we ended up here. Uh, sure, sure. Hey, we we great times rallying. Uh, made fantastic friends all along the way. You now, really, really great guys all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, sure, it was grand. Uh, so, so there you are. Yeah, and like rallying has allowed you to travel the world. Yeah, I sure. The, the amount of uh, traveling we've been doing, I I suppose really and truly, like like uh, like any guys that are, that are doing a few rallies in Ireland. Uh, from that point of view, it's fantastic because we we get to we get to go to we get to see stuff that uh, that even tourists don't see. You know, you're off the beaten track, and there's fantastic place in Ireland, even uh, your own county, Kevin. Mm-hmm. I love your own county, and like you know, all those beautiful stages you have up there. 
and uh, you know it's it's a uh, yeah, it's it's really good. And of course, then like doing foreign rallies and that, like uh, like you know, being all over the place, really. You know, like a lot of rallies in the Middle East and places like Mexico and uh, the uh, the Rockies in Canada, and you know, and the, the WRC rallies that we're doing as well. So we we've seen a lot of places, but but generally off the beaten track, uh, lots of places that uh, tourists don't go to see. And from from that point of view, like it is really nice. Yeah, yeah and, really and, nice. and like this year here, you you come second overall in the WRC two Masters, like an official FIA title. Like yeah. you know, even after fifty years, that's been to give you immense satisfaction. <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, we didn't know anything about about the masters until uh, uh, until we went to Sweden this year. Uh, Dummy Buckley that runs our team. Dummy registered him and I for the masters, and uh, he never even told us. So anyway, after after, after Sweden, anyway, the Dummy Dummy said to me, "Do, do, do you realise?" He said, uh, you, "You're leading the the uh, the, the masters cup, the co-driver section." So I said, uh, uh, "What's that, Dummy?" <laughs> so. <laughs> So anyway, sure, he 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 told us then, but but uh, on points I was then, but sure, uh, this French guy, uh, I'm actually friendly with him. Uh, they, they they did more rallies than us, and they were just a shade quicker than us. And uh, but then you had other lads that uh, that came out like like uh, Freddie likes like F- Fast Freddie. Freddie was registered as well, but he didn't do all the rallies. But of course he beat as well, so he shoved us back. Mm-hmm. But anyway, sure, hey, it was a bit of crack. That's for sure. That's for sure. And like Japan this year as well too. Like, um, it's great to see Japan back in the WRC calendar. And like, what was it like? Is that your first time in Japan rallying, or had you been there before? Yeah, uh, first time ever in Japan. Uh, yeah, first time ever. Uh, but I'll be honest with you now. I have a hell of a lot of praise for for that rally. I know that that the public got knocked with in different in different things, but uh. The, the stage setup that they have was, was probably the best I've ever seen. You, you know, you arrive along at the start of the stage, it was so well defined. Uh, it was way better defined than, say, say like, you know, uh, say the top rallies. Say, say like the Monte Carlo rally, for example. Uh, stage setup uh, on Monte Carlo, when, when we when we go on and do the recce, is, is, uh, it wouldn't be great now. Yeah, it, it's okay, you know. But uh, it, it was great in Japan, and, and what we were able to do as well, I thought, thought it was very good. L- 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 like here, uh, like you had Sardos, Sardos fire on stage too, and uh, so we we were more or less on, on the point on the point of starting the stage uh, when they introduced the alternative roadbook, but they did it very very quickly. I thought Mary Fitzgerald was there <laughs> because 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 here in Ireland. Uh, 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 you can inter- if you have a problem on stage, uh, they can make a decision there very very quickly. Mm-hmm. But I've been at World Championship rallies before when you might have a, a total blockage on the stage, all the services have gone in. We could be hanging around for for three quarters of an hour, and we have, and I won't name the rallies, but the, the, before they introduce the alternative roadbook, and. I, I've often said, I've often said it to uh, you know, say start train keeper. We could be there for half an hour or more. And I said to him, "Why not introduce the alternative roadbook?" And he said, uh, "Well, we're just waiting on word." And that's it. But I suppose what they're probably hoping is that uh, they're hoping maybe uh, not to lose the stage and just just hanging on, you know. Mm-hmm. But but re- really and truly, they, they should be able to make a uh, make a make a quick decision. 
the, the other thing, uh, uh, there were two little things uh, happened in Japan though as well, which which uh, I suppose the FIA will have a look at it. Uh, with with Sardos fire and that, I believe it took almost an hour before the services got to him. Mm-hmm. Now he 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 was probably in about he was in a long ways. He was probably in in around nineteen twenty kilometers. But very tight, twisty stages, but still, still like a, like, like, like an, an hour, an hour, uh, it's not on really. Mm-hmm. And there was another occasion as well when a spectator car got in on a stage and I saw the steward's report and uh, th- th- there was a junction uh, that w- was open to the public and was open at the other end. And uh, th- the tape was actually, was actually still tied onto a, a fence post, the tape that should have been closed off the stage. The, the tape wasn't across the stage and there was no marshal there. But but yet, all the cars that went through it, uh, beforehand, nobody saw it. So, but the thing is, you see, you have a lot of hangers on that, like drive through stages and that, and, you know, but uh, just, just didn't see it. So, I, 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 I'm hope, I think it's a fantastic rally and I hope that they'll run it again next year. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hope could, It seemed to be very well received and, like, they were saying that you know the crowds maybe they weren't massive on the stages, but at uh, arrival controls and service areas and things like that, the crowds of were course, there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, Toyota Stadium was was the the, the service area, and the the, the crowds were were uh, un- unbelievable. Uh, I actually did see uh, uh, where they were selling uh, selling souvenirs and rally stuff and all that, and there was there was a massive queue there, and I I believe that the queue was an hour an hour long. One, one hour, but but the other thing about, about the crowds as well is that is that uh, I I I don't see people on stages at all, but I'm, I would be aware of them because I'm just totally focused on what I do. Mm-hmm. But but I even said it Eamon afterwards. Is the is the big crowds on the stages? So no, those very small crowds on the stages. Mm-hmm. But where the crowds were, there was hundreds of thousands of people on the road sections. You, Kevin, you didn't need a road book. You could arrive down to a junction, yeah. and if you didn't know which way to go, oh, just just have a look, see where the crowd was. Oh, the crowd. <laughs> and it looks like Toyota went around a couple of weeks in advance, and they they, they give out Toyota flags and Japanese flags to everybody on the route, and they probably dropped them into box them into the village on the route as well. But uh, sure, we we saw people that say they were 120 years of age, and they out there waving with the flags and everything. Uh, no, it's fantastic to see, really. Yeah. But but we got a really warm welcome there. Uh, very friendly people. Uh, yeah, very very friendly. So yeah, we we hope to get back there again. Excellent, excellent. And like you know, you mentioned Eamon there. Eamon seems such a cool cast a customer there. You know, never the interview him. What's he like in and out of the car? Is he as cool in the car and as cool out of the car? Yeah. No. Uh, no. As 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 the rallying. Uh, it it it's it's a sport for us, but it's serious sport. Like like we're, we're very committed with what we do, but at the end of the day, there's no pressure on us. Uh, the the, the P one drivers, uh, are certainly not getting the same enjoyment from rallying as, as what we are because it's a business for them. Uh, under huge pressure, huge pressure. But we're running in our own little group, and uh, we'd be hanging around with maybe about five cars maybe in front of us and we'd be chatting with them and we'd be comparing times and we'd be having a go at them. They'd be having a go at us. But, but like, uh, you know, we, we, we yeah, uh, uh, there's no pressure on us. 
but but uh, in, uh, but uh, as regards Eamon, like uh, very very competitive, a very good driver. We're on a very quick pace, but we're on a, a, a safe a safe pace. If we stuck a neck out. Uh, we we could be we could be near enough to team or son team or son and space, but hey Kevin, I don't want I don't want to be there. No, <laughs> but uh, but but uh, outside of the car and uh, at at night time the, the whole team have dinner together, and uh, Eamon holds court. And I'll be honest with you now, it is very enjoyable. The crack is mighty, and the, the slagging that goes on, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> and I I'm often. I'm often I often get the slag in, but yeah. uh, I can take it as well as I give it. Kevin. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And like you, you know, you've been involved now in doing WRC events for you know God knows how many years now at this stage. And like I would say, when you started out, you were one of the very few Irish accents in the service area and on the, on on the stages. It's great now to see so many other Irish involved in the sport now at the top level. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, uh, absolutely, Kevin. Yeah, so when, when I started off first doing double C events, first one I did was the Thousand Lakes, I think, in 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 ninety eight, and uh, you, you know, like uh, we 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 didn't didn't know anybody there even. But uh, I, I tell you what was lovely now was 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 this year to see the to see the young lads, the young Irish guys out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was fantastic, and like we 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 need youth in our sport. And and tell you what we need as well as regards our organisers, we we need, we need new blood around the clubs as well, you know. Like yeah, sure, things things get very stale here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's great and uh, and uh, the the academy thing and is brilliant and uh, fair play to John Coyne and that you know and you know it's fantastic to see what what they have done. Yeah, like when you look at it, you, you know you see like uh, James Fullerton into a, a, you know into a work seat with Craig. And then you know you have like said Josh McGurlane, um, Walt Crichton, and then never mind all the co-drivers that's coming through the system now as well. It is, it yeah. is it's, it's a fantastic ladder for young guys starting out now. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely, Kevin. It is. Yeah, uh, and like it, it, it's been nice to see the, the, some of those guys uh, advance even further. You know, and uh, so we'll we'll just we'll just keep our fingers crossed. But it is nice to see see young lads out there and sort of getting getting that kind of experience. Yeah, and like we we can't forget forget the girls as well. You know, like like there's likes of Grace O'Brien and then Ifer right. yeah. Ruffrey. You know, absolutely. You know that's the great thing about rallying. Like everybody has a chance at doing this. Like there's no discrimination. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sure. We have a young lad down here now, uh, young Jack Brennan, and uh, he, he's he's a uh, yeah. I I think we will see a lot of him now. Uh, we'll see more of him in 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 the future. And uh, uh, his dad uh, Peter, like he's he started him off uh, the, the right way, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like a young lad start, starting off just to start off small and just to take advice and that. And like they're not going to win a rally first time out. Mm. So, so the whole thing about rallying really is is a the experience. Like is probably the most important element of the whole of the whole sport. Mm. The experiences, yeah. And uh, like even lads starting off, like I would always say, to young lads starting off, uh, uh, use killing Duffy's notes for for starters. You know, like they're, they're consistent and and they they can they can point a lad uh, down the right road. 
But uh, uh, yeah, I, I'd of, I often I often do not in recent times now, but I, I've I've had given a, get, it over the years, given the uh, younger lads, uh, given given them as much guidance to what I could, and uh, taking lads out, taking lads out on the uh, stages, and uh, showing them how notes work and and all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and then and you know to finish up, like if you were. You know, you, you you talked about you know you were starting out now. This is what you would do. Like, if you could give that, condense that down, and give them that wee bit of advice, it would be get out there and do as many events as possible. Yeah, uh, that's exactly it, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I now my my last question is: there be a gala dinner for the all the WRC champions of two thousand and twenty-two. Will Mick Morris be up there in his tuxedo getting his, his prize for second overall? <laughs> no, I know. I, I, I think there's I think there's only uh, one there's only one prize only. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. Hey, it's nice to be here, Kevin. It's mm-hmm. nice to be here. And, and you know what's nice as well? It's nice to be able to, to, to look back and look at events that we've done. And and more important. Look at all the the, the friend the, the the wonderful friends that we made over the years, and mm-hmm. I think I think it's fantastic. Unfortunately, some some are gone, but yeah, we we, we met we met great people. So I think we should all raise a glass to uh, Mick Morrissey there finishing second in the WRC two Masters. You know he thinks he'll not be invited to the the gala dinner, but you never know. <laughs> never know. A great achievement, and and delighted to see him. You know what he call it? Get, hopefully, pick up the silverware there. That's for sure. That is for sure. Um, two other like, legends of the sport, in my opinion, anyway, is Melvin Evans and Marion Evans, who I had the pleasure of talking to earlier in the week as well. You know, Melvin's just one of those guys whose uh, business, the prepping of the cars, is second to none. And I asked, you know, started off by asking Melvin, you know, was his success behind the wheel, how the, the preparation business come about? So over to the guys. Basically, yes, yeah. You know, obviously started stage drawing back years, years ago, really, and um, started getting good results. And uh, and you know, I was quite lucky, you know, to, that I started to win events. And always in the the trade I'm in, you know, mechanical repairs and garage we ran, and we were always done a little bit of uh, motorsport side, but that seemed to just take over. Then you know, with uh, taking new customers in, and mm-hmm. uh, I was fairly good at doing car setup. You know, getting them doing damper work and that kind of stuff. So it just sort of just snowballed from there, really. You know, yeah, yeah. And like yeah. you know, when you look at the list of cars that you've owned, and as well as never mind worked on, like you know, you've yeah. had your uh, escort Cosworths, escort WRCs, then the almost the full range of uh, World Rally Car Subarus, and then more latter years into the R5s. Is there is there a particular favourite stand out for you? To be honest, I think, you know, like majority of people like me started off in rear-wheel drive and um, the Escorts were good good cars, no doubt about it. And then uh, I was winning basically everything in uh, two-wheel drive uh, in with the Escorts over here. And then I decided to go for a BMW M3. It was a proper pro-drive X-Works car. And um, that's one car I wish I could have kept, to be honest, but, uh, you know, the, the value they make it today. But <laughs> I decided to allow me to move on, obviously, you know. Yeah. But uh, that was quite a phenomenal car, to be honest, the M3. We ran it for two years and mechanically didn't have a problem with it. And uh, it was just such a buzz. I remember doing Wexford back, when that we made in? 98. 98. And 
thing is, I think we were up third, maybe a fourth or something like that. And the crowd was just, you know, uh, you know, it was just rearing you on all the time they were. So BMW are a special place, but obviously moved on then into um, Group A Subaru and, um, well, Esco Cosies first and then uh, the Group A Subaru. And then I think I had all the Subarus all the way up through the year, starting from the Group A into a 98 and 99 and the P2000 and S7, S8, you know, and it just went on S11, S12, you know, and 12Bs and so on. So, and the Subarus were very successful, which probably put me on the map, really. Um, we worked quite closely with ProDrive in the early days, and I had some good mates in ProDrive. Um, Richard Brown was a very <clears throat> good friend of mine. He was an engineer, and, uh, you know, we just uh, worked all together, did a lot of our own development, if you like, then, especially on the 12B. And, uh, as you know, it turned out to be quite a, a famous car, really. Yeah, and yeah. you know, you had it from, I was looking back on the records there, from about, what, 2009, I think, roughly, up, right up through to 2013. Yeah, the beer, right, 2009. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> I think I bought the car, and it's a car I, I remember seeing the car new with, um, in West Cork with uh, Stephen Murphy, and I just thought, well, you know, that's one car I really like to get. Mm -hmm. I would have thought, like, maybe a year after or whatever, that I actually bought it. And I bought the car, obviously, then off Derek McGarity. As you know, Derek was selling mm -hmm. probably the majority of the Subarus in those days. And uh, we spoke about it on the phone one day. And uh, he said he said he'd do a deal with me. And I thought, right. And I took an OSHA one day. I just jumped in the van with the trailer and went over, you know. And when I turned up, I remember speaking to Paul who worked with him. And he said, oh, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I've come to pick the 12B up. I said, well, I think Derek's selling it. I said, and I said, well, we've done a deal more or less on the phone, you know. <laughs> and that's the way it went. And Derek came back. And I think Derek was still in two minds about selling it. Um, but I bought the car home and um, started using it. And the plan was in, when I won the championship then in 2010, mm -hmm. the plan was I'll go to the national championship because in those days, I, the, the national championship was good for me as working, you know, because you didn't have to take too much time off work. I used to fly over maybe on a Friday night, recce Saturday, rally Sunday, and if we couldn't fly home on the Sunday night, I'd fly home early Monday and I'd be back at work Monday. So mm -hmm. for, for somebody who didn't have a lot of time to go rallying, it fitted in quite well, you know? Yeah. And uh, kind of the, what the first rally was, me, I don't probably remember. When we National. Went, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We went over and it was a good competition, and I think yeah, Derek and all those boys there, and we won the first one. Mm -hmm. So that was a bit of a shock, to be honest. And... Um, we just built on that. We won two or three events, I think, just on the bounce. Won yeah. the first two, then. Yeah. You had a bad three and four, and you were going to jack it in. When I was going to jack it in before Monaco. <laughs> uh, and I said, that, that's it. You know, I've, uh, we'll do a couple of the ones later here. Uh -huh. And we also got Kevin Barrett to run the championship. Then Kevin Barrett rang me up and said, you you coming to Monaco, Melvin? And I said, no, 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 no. I'm going to give, give him a miss. We'll come and do something. So he said, no, no, you've got to come to Monaco. Anyway, uh, cutting a long story short, uh, you know, we ended up in Monon and went from there and kept on going and obviously won the championship with one round remaining. Yeah. And like, that so, was the first driver from outside Ireland to win the title as well. That was a huge thing is, as well. Yeah, yeah, it still is. Yeah, yeah. It still is, and hopefully <laughs> nobody will. But, <laughs> uh, but, but no, it, I think the national championship was very good then, you know, and I think... Yeah. At that time, I think the international championship was expensive for a lot of people to do and couldn't go the time. I think the international has now gone the other way. You know, the international is quite good now again. Mm -hmm. 
in those days, the Nasser just suited everybody. And, um, you know, for me to go and win it the first year was a bit of a shock, really, you know, because we were obviously up against some good competition. And um, I'll never forget, we won the Sligo Rally. Mm-hmm. And Eugene Donnelly was, uh, stood at the end uh, to say his speech in the prize giving. And he said it was good to see somebody like me coming over, you know, not doing illegal wrecking because there's a lot of that happening, I think, in Ireland in that sort of time. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to phase it, fade it out. And they said, look, like people like me then was flying over on Friday, just doing you know, three runs over the stages and we could still win the rally. Yeah. So it, I think it put a bit of a, you know, that aspect on it as well. So people, you know, thinking, well, you don't really need to do more than three three runs. If you yeah. do a job right on them three, it's okay, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but no, it was it was a great a great year, really. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And like Marion, from your point of view, you know, like you were growing up, there was always rally cars about. Was was it always going to be rallying? And was that what you were interest, interested in growing up, or you, you know, you might? I think it had, I played. I played a lot of football as a kid and yeah. stuff, but I think at the end of it, I always wanted to get in a car and, and have a go at it, you know. But I don't know. I, I know we never. Neither of us really have ever had much interest in circuit racing, so I never went karting or anything like that. Sort of kind of the only sport we know in this part of the world is rallying, really. You know, West Wales is obviously a lot of guys start road rallying and things like that. So, yeah, I kind of only a car really would work for me, you know. <laughs> so I think when I turned 14, I got a micro and went, went did the junior thousand for a bit. So it, it was hard for me to avoid, though, you'll say that. Yeah. And like the junior 1000, it was like, it is a great concept. Like it's allowing young guys to be behind the wheel and, and girls as well from an early age, even if they never go rallying, they're getting car control, yeah. all those things. Is the you know, and it, it's a, I think it's a fantastic. Can you see yourself, Gwendaf Evans, Josh McLean, John Armstrong? And I mean, I'm not sure whether John come up through it, but Walt Crichton, another one, you know, yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of the, the young drivers now, kind of my age or kind of two, three years younger than me, you'd say probably 90% of them have started there, you know, the junior mm-hmm. thousand. Great concept, you know. It was quite interesting for me to watch, really, myself, because, you know, I was going there with Marion, and you could see how a lot of people were coming in and hadn't driven cars before and going into cars and yeah. how bad they were. <laughs> you know? yeah. And I helped a lot, you know, giving a bit of tuition, giving them, you know, just put a help and put a leg up and keep going, you'll work at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, you, it was nice to see the progress in the drivers. And, the, you know, I think it was a good concept as well to get youngsters involved in something. Yeah. Rather than going, uh, you know, nothing to do or standing on the streets or whatever, you know, they had a focus. And I used to tell him, Aaron, if we were working on the car, he had to come out to do a bit on the car. And you try and get him involved. I mean, that, he, uh-huh. you know, like, I think it's a crucial thing to do to them to get him into it, you know? Yes. Yeah. As, as getting involved in the work side as well as the, the exactly, driving. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not just about sitting in a car and driving, you know, you've got to learn. Mechanical mm-hmm. aspects, you know, small things which uh, obviously help you in normal life as well, you know. Of course. Um, I could then uh, you'd be able to change, even change a wheel or yeah, you know, yeah, and like, yeah. look and blow the bonnet and if you have to top up the oil, we simple yeah, things like exactly that. Exactly, yeah. stupid yeah. things. You could see, I remember seeing some people, you know, changing a wheel and putting the nuts on the wrong way, <laughs> you know, and, you know and, and they just learn that. So, you know, from 14, 15 yeah. or 16 when they go on and do that. So when you're 17, you're starting to drive, you're way ahead of somebody who hasn't had no experience. Yeah. You know, and car control and everything. And I could see Marion, and I think we did a couple of tests, and he hit the car once at a test. But you learn from those, you know. Yeah. 
okay, you, I give him a mulligan. <laughs> you know, as you, as you, any father would, you know. Yes, absolutely. When you learn from those mistakes and you go on and you, you better yourself, you know. So I think I think the junior is a very, very good uh, yeah, start. Yeah, and you, you look back as well and you just remember how brave you were at that age. I mean, seeing absolutely no fear. I mean, we weren't going that fast, but still, you weren't afraid of bouncing off anything. I think at that, that age. <laughs> No, it's, it's good, like the progress you can make. And like you said, even for guys who don't even carry on rally, they learn so much by the time they actually maybe even just go drive on the road. So, you yeah. know, because, you know, generally people have no idea what to do if a car breaks into a slide, you know, when they're 17, having never driven before. So, yeah, it, it serves a lot of purposes. That's, but that's for me, it was great. Obviously, it put me a lot further ahead when I turned 17. I could get into like a really, I was in a pretty good car when I was 17, really, in an ST Fiesta back then, which was. You know, do you know if you hadn't had the, the, the junior thousand education or driving up through it, you probably I wouldn't have put him into no. that at that time, you know. You but obviously, wouldn't have been ready. you wouldn't yeah. have been ready, but you're ready to go, and it's a good start in life then to you know to go. We actually yeah. went and did a there was a rally at a local showground the week after my last junior thousand rally, and I'd entered it in the mic. I think they seated me like five cars from the back, but we bought the ST Fiesta kind of the week of the rally and <laughs> went and did it. And uh, I think I was car. 65 out of 80 or something like that and um we finished fifth overall and <laughs> we caught about 12 cars on the first station that's when i thought this is going to cost me money the yeah. next <laughs> you the, the front of the junior thousand is really really competitive actually when you look at it back over the years you know mm-hmm. you, you go you, you have to fight for just minimal margins in those in those cars because they're so slow you have to just find it yourself you know it's all about carrying speed and getting your lines right you know and breaking right because you know if you're in a thousand here and you lose lose about five kph coming out of a bend by the top of the straight you're way behind you know if you can carry the speed through the bends and the nice line it it makes difference and you can just you know bring that all on as you get older all that experience is easy carried yeah. through then yeah, yeah massively uh, massively mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> no it, it is good and uh, it's glad I'm glad to see it taking off it's, it's pretty popular everywhere yeah, yeah. I think uh, now mm-hmm. the Irish one of the forestry actually is very good, it's good yeah that's that. a fantastic that, initiative that teaches it, them yeah. even more again you know yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. it's yeah. notes and everything you know rather than diagrams and everything so yeah. it's a big step because uh, you, you yeah. know you see the likes of you know young Moffat there and Jack Brennan <laughs> all these guys coming through like and they are, I think they're, you know, the future is very bright when you see the likes of them guys. Yeah, young, young Moffat is a, is a chip off the old block, I think. Yes. <laughs> I talked him at the finish ramp on some rally this year and I said, oh, are you rallying? He said, I've just started, I went testing last week and I rolled and I said, oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll learn from that. He'll yeah. learn from that. <laughs> like we all do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the, uh, uh, Mel, you talked about, you know, the ST56, you know, the car... Like the the S twelve B for that those ten years was the ultimate tarmac car at the very least. Like and no, I, don't, I, I don't ever remember a car lasting so long being competitive. You know, you think of the P two thousand or the Group A car. They had a yeah. you know two three years shelf life, but the twelve B had yeah. ten years almost, didn't it? I think the twelve B when it came out, it had everything. You know, good power, good handling, and I think there was only you know between the other cars because I had them all. Believe it or not, you know, like I said, you know, an S7, S8, S9, and it was minimal changes, you know. Mm-hmm. And the 12 came out. The 12 wasn't such a good car. It was okay. But then they thought, right, we got that totally wrong. And when the 12B came out, people thought the 12B was similar to the 12, but it was actually completely different, you know. Chassis pickup points and the, the balance of the car was, was completely moved. Different engine, 
intercoolers, brakes, you know, and all that kind of stuff had moved on a hell of a lot, really. And uh, it made it a phenomenal car. And the raw grunt in that, you know, like 0 to 60 kph launch would have been 3.4, 3.5 seconds, you know. And even if you sat in it today, I, I remember a, a good mate of mine, um, Richard Brown, again, probably, he's, a, he's a carry boy. Rob Gilani, wait a minute. He's, yeah, Gilani's yeah, a yeah, player. And you probably know him, and he's a good mate when and we did a lot of work, like I said, on, on the Subaru. And when he went away and did the mini WRC thing and all that stuff with ProDrive, and then he came down here one day and we did a bit of work, my Subaru went on the road. I did a launch again, and he said, geez, I forgot how good these were. <laughs> Do you know? There was just something about them, really. But the thing for engineers as well, the, the, the generation after, like the 12 and the 14, you know, the 1600 cars, they become very mechanical. So they, for engineers, really, it was like an R5 car. There wasn't so much you could do compared to the old 2-litre cars. Yeah. And I think that the, I remember the engineers always used to like coming back to work on a Subaru because it was so much more that they could do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was there really and packed. what was making the yeah. key, and yeah. they, I, they weren't as restricted, I suppose, really. Yeah. Could they, yeah. Uh, you know, they could map diffs and everything, whereas with, with the newer cars, it's purely mechanical. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember when we ran Manus, I think the, the second year, uh, he won Donegal, and it was quite close between him and Don- Donna Kelly. Yeah. And I was speaking to um, Richard Thompson, uh, program engineer again, when he ran the WRC, uh, team, you know, and the night before, and he said, "Right, Melvin, you need to do this. You need to do that." And we had good, you know, good people from behind helping us, and mm-hmm. um, stupid, just small things, you know, any hole in the intercoolers or around the side of the rat packs, silver foil, all, you know, get all as much air into that air intercooler you can, everything out, you know, and no weight, like even the bottle of water, you know, if they need to have a bottle of water, it's just half a bottle of water in the car, you know. It's just stupid things, you know, but yeah. obviously all those small little things that, that you learn of these engineers that you put to, to in order to use makes yeah. a difference, obviously, you know. It was mm-hmm. quite interesting, even in 2018, was it like nine years was since Subaru stopped making rally cars that the Proto engineers still wanted to win those rallies, you know, because yeah. it was quite nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were saying, you know, like, like I said, you know, Treasure Thompson would just ring me at 10 o'clock in the night when I was in Letterkenny, like, Melvin, how are things going? What's happening, you know? <laughs> Um, the cars got a little bit as they got older, you know. It was time, I think, when we finished them to mm. put them to bed, really, because there's so much electronics, so many things, hydraulic valves, and that kind of stuff. There's a lot of maintenance on them, you know. Before, before the last Donegal, the third win we did with 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 Manus, the, the amount of work we did to that car was, uh, you know, was price of a, a good front wheel drive car, probably, you know, yes. just to get the thing 100 percent to the best you could. And you're still on a wing and a prayer when you're doing some electronic oil because it's like two and a half days or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's just to keep everything sharp, you know, and we we had to do a clutch change and we you got to do this where... Change a fuel cell, put a new one Change a fuel cell. But, that was faulty. So and that was back working in. right and we had to decide which one was the best to keep going, you know, and it just... It was flat out in service, just trying to yes. keep it. And, you know, I'll never forget Manus looking out the window of the truck. I think we decided to do a clutch change I think on halfway through the second day, was it? Yeah, on the Saturday. And uh, I didn't tell Manas nothing, just leave him and he went in, in the truck. And he must have looked out the window and seen the gay box out and everything. And he runs out the truck and taps me on my shoulder and goes, Well, uh, are we all right? I said, Yeah, yeah, we're just doing a clutch. No problems. I said, No, no, everything's fine. And he would just walk off cool as anything, you know. Uh-huh. But they were, you know, to keep the cars going, there was a lot of work involved in them. Yeah. Purely because, they, you know, that when they were on as work teams, they were running for one event. We were trying to run him for 
a full season, you know, mm, before yeah. rebuild. So the engines, you know, you'd stretch a thousand k's, maybe twelve hundred kilometers, and they'd have to be done. Uh, but all the all that side is good. Is pretty good. The gearboxes are quite high maintenance on them, you know. Okay. Yeah. Purely because of uh, all that talk, you know. You know I, I, I must have been serious going through all the components and the. Yeah, you know, I think about six hundred odd foot pounds of torque or something. It, you know, it, it'll climb up the side of a house. Really, you know. <laughs> Like I still drive some of these R five cars. I don't get me wrong; they're fast, but they're nothing like the raw grunt of that twelve um, mm -hmm. uh, B. You could be, you could be not in one wrong gear. You could be in two wrong gears, yeah. and it's still pull, pull through it. You know, there was that's so much grunt to them. It will never penalise you for that. You know, um, mm -hmm. and that's where I think you you'd get the speed and the traction of them. Some car, yeah, yeah, ah, for sure, for yeah. sure. And like the, even the noise, even to this day. It's so unmistakable. It, yeah. It's completely different even from like an S8 or a 9 or whatever. There's somebody, just somebody, put a, somebody put a video on, on his Facebook for his birthday the day and still he played it like over the table and I heard it straight away and I, like my eyes lit up. And it's like <laughs> <laughs> proper noise, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, whenever you, you fire from coal or you're yeah. like, bam, 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 bam. They're <laughs> choked away like anything, you know? Yeah. You know, totally yeah. different to any other car today. It's uh, oh, it's an iconic car. Yeah. And to see it where it is now is is good, really. Yes, that, we should mention that nice. there. Like, you were over recently and seen the car. Donna Kelly had bought the guy that you know the, yeah. that had the yeah. Titanic battle with Manison back in two thousand eighteen. But now yeah. he's bought the car, put it in his museum in the Donegal yeah. room. It's just yeah. it's uh, it's a lovely <laughs> sight, isn't it? Maybe we should have bought it about six or seven years sooner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 But, but that was that car, actually, believe it or not, uh, Donna Kelly tried to buy it off me. Uh -huh. um, that was before he bought the Focus. Before he bought the Focus. Yeah. And okay. um, I think we were at a rally. He broke down. He had an S11. Uh -huh. And uh, I was there and he came to me and said, would you sell the 12B? Well, you probably remember that. I was there, yeah. It was, yeah. it was with you and we were running him in an S11, and uh, yeah. we I'm going to the truck, and you basically said yes to him. I basically, because <laughs> obviously, I'd sell anything for the price that's what I've always been. <laughs> and we had a deal more or less then, and um, sat in the truck, and I said, okay, look, I just want to go home and clear my head, and, and we'll speak Monday. And I think it's one of the only cars. I came home, and I spoke to Anne, the wife, and I said, look, <clears throat> I've got Donna Kelly wants to buy the Subaru, and he said, you're not selling it. And if it wasn't for her, I, I think you know I would have sold it. But uh, yeah. Anne said, "No, you've got to keep it," and I kept it. Yeah. And that's when Donna went and bought the Focus. Yeah. Oh, but you know, I was talking to him going back a few months ago, and he said, "Well, at least I've got it now." Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it took a few years. Finally got it. And like, but, you know, like how different the Donegal Rally history would have been if Donna had bought that car. Like, yeah, you never yeah, know. You, you would you never, never have won these three in a row. Yep. So uh -huh. you, you, you never know. You know, no. it, I think the way um, the Donegal Rally was and the nature of the stages, the twelve B was very, very suited for that kind of stuff. You know, yeah. um, mm. it, it liked real fast stages. I remember we went to the Manx one year when I won the Manx, and against Paul Bird in the Focus. You know, mm -hmm. and I think we were fastest on every one of the stages throughout all of the Saturday and going into the last stage and I remember Paul Bird telling me and uh, uh, Melvin, you're going to leave me out of this last stage <laughs> and, I, and I said the joke, yeah, yeah, you can have the last stage and you know what, I went back in the car and I thought no, he's not having the last stage <laughs> and, and you could still go out and we, we, you know, we had all the fastest times but it was a type of car, if you drove it right 
it would reward you in it, you know. There's such, yeah. especially on real bone dry, dry stuff. Yeah, the Focus yeah. was a very good car. It was damp or wet, you yeah. know. Yeah, but, um, good chassis in that. But uh, the, the Subaru was like a like I was some project. It was more like a, a touring car kind of thing, you know. The Focus was like an estate almost, but it was yeah. huge. But yeah. yeah, but we did a lot of work, you know, on the car as well. You know, a lot of damper work, valving, even different intercoolers because you know when they designed those cars. The intercoolers are designed, you know, to that restricts the amount of air to go through to get the the cooler air to go into the engine. But when you're running them in our environment, uh, the air, you know, is a lot colder anyway. Okay, yeah, you know, so try to yeah. So we try to run them like flow more air through the intercoolers uh, to get better throttle response, more power, and less cooling. Mm-hmm. So it's a fine line to try, you know, you know, we spend hours and hours trying mm-hmm. different stuff and uh, all with the help of the engineers and, and various people. So and, and I think the 12B we had in the end was way, way better than what the cars were in the workspace, you know, <clears throat> because of the, these little things you did, you know, and even down to engine mapping, you know, and stuff like that. There's a lot you could do to them. Because I suppose even t- the way technology moved on over that 10 years or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, those tag ECUs, uh, you know, what you could do to them if you obviously need somebody to know what they're doing with them, like the yeah. engineers. But you could just change, you know, gear shifts and um, incredible what you could do to those cars. And that's what made them expensive, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the clutch in those days, like you say, the clutch, carbon clutch was something like, for just over four thousand, and that would probably you'd be lucky to get probably six events, maybe or a bit more out of it. Yeah. You know, where you're doing an R five today, and it's like thousand euro, and you'll get a season out of it. You know, it's things have changed a lot mm-hmm. um, bec- because of the way they're on them. But but yeah. but anyway, we wouldn't change it, would we? No. You know, and like, I remember the time that you you started to sell off the twelve Bs. Everybody thought you were mad. But yeah. it turned out it was probably the right time to, to sell them. Uh, definitely was. Yeah. We, definitely was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, just, we decided before Donegal, really. But... I made the decision yeah. then, and I told, because my last one going, I said, right, we're going for this one. And, you know, we put a lot into it, you know, uh-huh. into the last one, because to, to try and get it three in a row, because it meant as much to us as what it did to Manus, really, you know. Um, yeah. But it was time to let them go. Yeah, it was too but expensive. Was... And I think the, the R5s are coming through, and I think different era, different, different rallying, different people, Mm-hmm. And I think the R5 just made it more of sort of a neutral ground for anybody, you know, especially when you had the world cars, you needed a good team behind you to run the car properly. And the cars were expensive, so you needed a good budget. Yeah. And it was harder, you know, if, if somebody had all those ingredients, you'd have a, a good competitive car and a package. But with the R5, that took a lot of that away and made it more, probably more even for all the competitors to go and race against each other. Sure. So, which which you can see now, you know the you, the top four, five, and the international. Now they'll do a twenty kilometer stage. They'll be separated by two seconds. You know, yeah. isn't it? You know, isn't it's, it it's amazing, isn't it? When you get yeah. when you get uh-huh. that, yeah, where yeah. those those the, the days I was rallying was completely different. You know, yeah. I think a lot of guys when when they moved away from the world cars, I think a lot of like the the casual fans always thought it was a bad idea because I don't think they understood yeah. the concept of R five. But I think yeah. as this turned out, it's. It's probably been the best thing that's happened to the sport for me for a long time, you know. Absolutely, and I'm 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 probably as guilty as anybody of that I thought never these world cars go away. That's going to be the death yeah. of Irish rallying, but it's completely opposite of it. You know, yeah, no, it's, yeah. <laughs> you only got to look at how many R5 cars are doing rallying in Ireland at the moment. You know, yeah. and they vary from price. You can buy an R5 car today for you know just over hundred thousand if you want, and, yeah. and start off there, and you still go very well. 
Aye, and probably cheaper than like a, a top line Mark II Escort, you know. Like, you know, a, a, a historic Mark II new one to build today. People are charging hundred thirty thousand for them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so so it just shows you put things in perspective, really, doesn't it? That's for sure. Yeah. That is for sure. And you know, the, I suppose how, what makes it would be like these are five cars. You know, they've changed the whole face of rallying, and because they are also competitive. You know, reliability is a major thing. And that is the one thing that has to be said about any car that's come out of your your stable. That's been always very reliable. Do you put that down to preparation in the workshop before it arrives in the event? I've I've always said, you know, if you, all the work is done in the, in the workshop before going to the event, you don't want to be doing it on the rally because that's going to cost you time and mistakes happen, you know. Um, you know, gearboxes, pull them apart, check them often, you know, we do it probably too often, but you know, when it's like last year when we were running Matt Edwards and Osham Price in the PRC, two identical cars. You thought if any one of them broke down, you'd think one would be saying, you know, has he prepped it right? Has he done this? But for us, you know, it's not massive money, it's just a bit of labor intensive, but pull, pull everything back, maintain it right. And you know, through the whole year, if you do that, like wheel bearings on our cars would last the whole year, but we pull them apart every wet event or every two to three dry events and just clean them, put them back together. Well, if people don't look at them, you know, you could have a bearing failure and then you'll need new bearings and you might need a hub and stuff. It's all about prevention, you know. Mm -hmm. So the only way to do them right is to, you know, spend the hours and do it in the workshop. And, and I, I think because I'm mechanically minded and be brought up, I'm a bit too critical, and I'm lucky. A good, good bunch of boys around me, and they know what I what I'm like. You know, car comes back. It's a day washing that car off, and every part comes off. Every arm, every suspension arm, everything, just to inspect them the best you can. Obviously, you know, yeah. we all. It's still can't break. It is, but but touch wood. I think since we've had our fight, we you know BRC last year, we didn't have nothing really. Yeah, one bad luck really. That was. Yeah. Unavoidable, yeah. almost. But you know, it's uh, and that's the only thing. It's like anything. You just got to put your work in it, put your homework into it. You know, it's, it's like any trade, really, isn't it? You know, the only get out what you put in. Yeah. and like you know, for you guys, like this small family-run business in Wales, taking on M Sport, and you know, taking the the British Championship last year, and probably uh, will go down in history books as one of the you know the two guys from the one team, and it was yeah. ding, ding dong for the whole year, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think it kind of changed not only winning the championship, it changed the dynamic of how people thought about it in the UK and Ireland as well. I mean, you've seen since quite a big shift of people wanting to buy Volkswagens or something that's not a Fiesta, you know. And I think it's good because the Fiestas, you go back to 2019 in Ireland, there were what, like 12, 15 Fiestas, maybe one yeah. or two Hyundais and one Skoda or something. And it's, mm -hmm. it's nice to have variation, I think, on an entry list. Yeah. yeah. So the whole, the whole Volkswagen thing happened to me really again, purely because a lot of the engineers that were in ProDrive had gone to Volkswagen. So, you know, to be fair, when we went into Volkswagen at the beginning, we had all the backing and the support <laughs> and all help we needed, you know, and even they've been testing for stuff like GB and, you know, as works team. So it was a big help for us, to, you know, when you go in with those kind of people. And I still think the Volkswagen is a very good car. Now, I still say between a Fiesta and a Volkswagen or a Citroen or whatever, did, did, you know, there's not massive differences. It's just the package and the way what suits you and getting the best out of it. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think the R5 is good like for everybody. You know, they're still fairly close. And I think, okay, we dominated maybe a lot like the Ulster Rally um, when the BRC was last year. 
and mm-hmm. it showed like Martinero. But I think that was down a lot to their pace driving. They've been racing themselves all through the year. Mm-hmm. They were on top of the game and they went to the Ulster Rally. Whoever beat each other was winning, did you know? And they were just going flat out at it. And it was a nail-biting thing for us, just to hopefully nothing would go wrong with the cars, you know, for them to have a fair fight. Yes. And I think it's nice to see when you get a race like that, everybody was just on their on their feet, just looking at it, you know. And it was it was phenomenal, really, that year. Great. Yeah. yeah. That's like, what it should be, really. Aye. And, and for you personally, you know, sending them two guys out, knowing that you had done everything you could, it must be, it has to be nerve-wracking, but exciting at the same time. I think yeah. I walked the car park about a hundred times before we get up and down, you know. Everybody was saying, once the car's going to go, uh, where's Melvin? And you could see him just walking up, walking back down all the time, just just worried and thinking. And yeah, I, I was just worried because it would have been horrible for one of them to lose it on, on a mechanical or something, you know. Yeah. It would have been, and then we'd have probably felt guilty, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but no, it was, uh, as it turned out to be, uh, unfortunate for Sean. Yeah. Um, you know what happened to him? He lost it, but uh, I don't think he's too worried about that now. No, <laughs> no, no like, and look at the way he bounced back. You know, he come back yeah, stronger. That shows the market the guy year. that he's come back yeah. stronger than ever. You know, he's, so to be fair, he's come back this year very, very strong, stronger, and his pace this year for me has been very good. You know, when you're up against Keith Cronin, which for me is probably one of the best drivers out there. There's no no doubt in his ability, and to race Keith, you know, it was. Good for Oshan because he knew he wasn't going to have it easy. Mm-hmm. And uh, to be fair, he mastered it. He did well to, to do it. I think he says himself it's the best he's ever driven. And you can tell, I think, just the way he is, he's, he's like a different bloke to what I've seen him. You know, obviously, we only run him last year, but even before that, I've known Oshan as a competitor. Mm-hmm. And he's never seemed as relaxed as what he's been this year. You know? And I think yeah. he's just he's quite happy with everything around him. And I could even with the Jim Clark rally this year, like he never it didn't seem to get him down. It just focused on the next rally. Just yeah, you, you, know, you know, that's her drop. I rang him about, about three weeks after the rally and he, he said to me, Oh, I've just I've, I've lost the will to do this a bit after that, you know. But uh-huh. I think it, it you know, it's, it's like anything, it, it took him maybe two or three weeks and then he could think, All right, put that behind me, I'll look at the next one. And, and he did the job there, to be fair. And yeah, you, you've just got to pull a line and need to move on. I mean, you can't dwell on the past, it's, uh, it's, it's in the past, up. yeah. Uh-huh. It's only you hold you there, just move on, and that's what he did, to be fair. And uh. You know, he came back then and he won. Which one did he win then? He, the... he won Nicky Griston, obviously. Nicky Griston, yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, that was a good one, good one for, for him, obviously. And after that then was... Uh... I think he was cramping. He, he was second to Keith. And then, yeah. obviously, yeah. then in, in, in rally by Keith, obviously, made the mistake, which kind of opened the door to, for him nicely. But... Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's a shame that that happened to Keith. But, yes. you know, obviously... Uh, it's unfortunate for Keith, yeah. really, because he's normally fairly, fairly good. Yeah, he, doesn't, he doesn't normally make too many errors, does he? No, no, no. Yeah. But we were aware, kind of, I think we spoke that, that after that rally that Keith Cronin doesn't give out gifts that often, so I think you had to pounce on it. You know? Yeah, that's for sure. That is yeah. for sure. <laughs> it happens, but, but not taking the other way from our you know, the tractor rally, which he won the champion, he drove phenomenally well. Yeah. Um, a real calculated drive. His time on the Friday night stage, you know, was... You know, I think similar to the stage that they ran the year before, and he was up on, on time this year in the wet compared to what the, all the boys had done the previous year. Yeah. So I think he had a statement there, you know, right, I'm, I'm here to win it. Yeah, you know, and that was in his mind when you're talking to him, yeah, we've got to go, we've got to win this. He didn't want to leave it to, you know, to Cameron. No, the problem is if he could go there with, with like, win to win the championship. But if he if he doesn't win, then 
it's a big, big switch of mentality for the Cambrian then because it's a shootout again. And yes. you, you don't know which way you can go, you know? I, it the could be I something the simple there again. You know, yeah, yeah anything can happen. But, you know, the Cambrian was probably going to be one of his strongest events anyway because he went, you know, he won that last year and he was very, very yeah. quick. Thing. It was yeah. just a strange one. With a, the, obviously, the two tarmac stages opened up a big, big question mark over it all. Like, because mm-hmm. nobody knew, you know, nobody ever really practices to drive a gravel car on tarmac. So... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, would have been, it would have been tricky, but I think you know he could have won, yes, but he didn't need to. That's For us, it worked out well because we, we had young Solberg in the car as well. Yes. So it was uh-huh. <laughs> a bit exciting to get him in there. Yeah, like for from your point of view, Melvin, like I'll talk about um, uh, Mary and I'll bring you in there in a wee minute, but Melvin, from your own point of view, having this Peter Solberg world champion, you know, yeah. star of the, the world championship for many a year, to be standing in your service area. At the, that has to be very special. It was, and uh, he turned up uh, to our workshop and where I live, and you know, it's just type of bloke. He's a people's person, any you know. Um, to be fair to him, he just gets on with everybody. We went through everything. Real nice bloke to work with. The, the son then is a bit of a bite, you know. You could crack with him, and he, I think you don't realize if you're a pinch yourself after the rally mm-hmm. to, to know that he'd been with you and we'd succeeded in what we went out to do. Um, very, very good character, and you know, you see the people. The following he's got is amazing. Like the messages we had through Facebook and all that stuff. You know, it's it's just another level again. Those boys, are me. Mm-hmm. And Marian, from your point of view, having Oliver Solberg fresh from the World Rally Championship and one of your cars too, very cool. Yeah, it was. It was very, very nice actually, just to to work with them and. It was it was nice to appreciate kind of how they work. You know, they're very much an elite mentality. Um, I guess all Oliver's ever kind of known is WRC, ERC, and the best of everything in a way. You know, yeah. you know, working with a factory team. So, and I think Petter has a lot of a lot of ideas himself as well. So it, it was good for us. We I think we learned we learned a bit ourselves off them, and I think it was it was just all around a really good experience for me. You know. Yeah, probably a great, uh, uh, you know, thing for Oliver too. Like he's had a tough year to come back, you know, and, yeah, and I think that, that was a family thing as well too. From your point, that of was view. the point of it. You know, I think yeah. it was more for him just to go and enjoy. I mean, there was obviously there was some pressure on him because if he didn't win the rally, people would think there's something wrong. But um, I sat in with him on a shakedown stage, and I I was pretty confident after that that he'd win the rally <laughs> if he drove like that. But um. No, still, you know, there's still pressure. I mean, he, he couldn't really afford to lose it, but still, he had just had to go and enjoy, and I think he did that. And I think what it, it's kind of similar because obviously Oliver and Petra, father and son, just me and dad are the same. You know, we're, tr- we're just trying to do a good job for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just they're a bit more famous than we are, but <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it, it was really, really good. Sort of, I expected it to be maybe more stressful than what it was, but I think it was just the whole thing of well, we're working with Petter Solberg. If, if you're running a motorsport team and you get to work with a name like this. These are the kind of weeks you live for, really. So, you know, we had yeah, to enjoy it, it. It was good also for him to appreciate the polo, you know, because he's driven all, all different R5s and this and that. And he said, um, and I was asking what you still think of the polo. And his opinion was still the best R5 card, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think he proved that he was just playing, I think, on that rally, you know, and entertaining the crowds and stuff. And he, he was still setting some phenomenal time. Yeah, actually, yeah, quite funny. I spoke to Craig, the navigator, just on the finish ramp. And I said, did you steady away on the last stage? Because I think they were like second fastest, like three seconds or fastest time. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, he's re- all of us really gutted, actually, because they stopped for 35 seconds, they reckon. The, the screen missed it up. They forgot to put it on the start line. 
And he said, all of us actually really, really pissed off about that because <laughs> it was the only stage he said, right, I'm going to have a proper go in here because he enjoyed it in the morning. Yeah. And um, that happened. But yeah, and yeah. I just thought they backed off and took it really easy. <laughs> Oliver <laughs> yeah, was telling me, he said, Melvin, it was my fault. I forgot to put the heated screen on. And the water came and everything messed it up, he said. But after that, I drove like hell. <laughs> you know? So, uh, but but you could see, to be fair for him, I think he reckoned that they look at the in-car camera and he's on stop for 35 seconds and then only to be three seconds or whatever off the fastest time just shows, yeah. you know, the mentality and the capability yeah, that they... <laughs> I think at the end of the day, he's a professional driver and I think from sitting with him, the, the, confidence, the confidence a professional driver has is on another level to... To, you know, anybody who pays for their own rallying kind of thing. Well, I'm not saying he doesn't pay, but, you know, guys yeah. like me or, you know, us sort of boys, you know, we're a bit more, we're not so sure that it'll go around some corners, whereas he was it's just fully confident going into the corner that he was out the other side, you know? <laughs> yes. And the, that's yeah. all seat time again, isn't it? It's been it is, having yeah. the time in the car. He's, and that's he's grown up with it, yeah. you know? Yeah. I was speaking to someone today who was saying, oh, he'd watched Oliver Solberg drive a 208 R2 when he was 14, when we were just talking, what, half an hour ago that I was driving a 1000cc micro. And I felt fortunate, you know, doing that. Yes. But, you know, he's, he's had a lot of good experience. And I think especially then he worked with a factory team at, at the top level, racing against the best drivers in the world. Yeah. Regardless of your results, it's going to bring you on a hell of a lot, you know. Of course, yeah. You're looking at their telemetry. You're <clears throat> you're listening to them saying, you know, if you throw into yeah. this corner, this won't yeah. work. And you, you know, you, you know, bridge your confidence, obviously, as well. And it's just, you know, the, the the testing, working with the best engineers, working, you know, where where every tiny, tiny detail is worth so much to them. And I, um, it was like they brought that with them to Australia. I think that's the way Pet has worked throughout his life, anyway. Because obviously, yeah. you don't become a world champion by by taking half measures. So. Yeah. You think maybe a minimal little changes you do or any aspect you do to the car, which is very minimal in places, but you if you add them all up together, it you know accumulates it, it to a, a, a big difference maybe then. You know, so I can see his point, you know, it's just yeah. small things we were doing, you know, all the time. Um yeah, it doesn't stop to be fair. I mean no. I mean yeah. even midday service, Oliver had a, a pretty good lead and you know, the normal driver would say, right, we'll drive around slowly, but we still change some things on the car just to see and it was quite impressive on a test every run would we change something just for the sake of it he said he did first two runs he was happy with the car mm -hmm. and you know instead of just driving for the sake of driving he'd always just make a tweak just to see what it would do to yeah. the guy you know and yeah. it was, it was like, either, you know, either improve or not and then yeah. at least you can go back and go forward yeah <laughs> exactly he took notes of every run he did and you know and just kept that you know to see yeah. what he needed to do and Petra even said to be fair we've done a lot of testing we did a lot of testing with our own polo and a lot of the time we went the wrong way but we we have to know that it's the wrong way <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. which is point is right really you know because uh, if, you, if you don't try these things you don't know until you're in you a certain know. situation you, if it's something will work, no, no. work sometimes he said he's gone badly the wrong way but he's tried it and, and he knows not to go that way again you know? yeah and you know you know for uh, Oliver to go and do that rally you know, we were doing so much to the car and doing so many things. And I thought, he's on a different level of a driver. He should win anyway. But they mm -hmm. weren't looking at that at all. You know, they just wanted the best. You know, even though I think he was good enough, he could have gone in any setup, but he won that rally. Uh -huh. But still had to have everything, you know, at 100% really, to be fair to them. And I, I, think, yeah. I, I think that's the only way to be, really, if you want to be... If you want to be the best you can be, you know, that's for any driver, not just it's, somebody in the world championships. You know? Like like what I was surprised as well, like uh, mid mid service before we wrote the last loop, we put new tires on the car. And you know, normally you're gonna pick the best tire to put as a spare, then to put back as a spare. And he said, No, no, the one with the less tread on. 
And I'm thinking, can I at least put in one of the less travel? Yes, less weight, Melvin. <laughs> you know, just, yeah. you know, like, Jesus, you know, what? maybe a couple of mil of tread on, on a tire. Uh-huh. That's the way the mentality they are. It's, yeah. a, it's a bit obsessive, but I think I agree with it. You know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that that kind of goes back to that pro drive thing of you know, if Manners was going to be drinking the bottle of water, half a bottle of yeah. water, you know, it's, yeah. it's all them wee fractions just all add up, doesn't it? Well, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. It's quite <laughs> cool. You have to remember that when we were running Subarus at the height of it. Better was a factory driver than really. So yeah. uh-huh. he was developing the cars that we got a lot of success yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it, but it, you know what was nice about him? Like I obviously with Kalani coming up, I got um one of the other workshop here is pretty full of historic cars. And uh, you know, Petter is a big lover of historic cars, so he was in there going through them with me, you know, and, and you know, completely different thing to what the polo yeah. was. And he's yes. so excited about about the historic cars and asking about this, you know, and, and I told him, you know, it'd be good to get him over to do an event in an escort. Yeah, and, uh, and it's just it's just good crack with the whole. whole yeah, team. But, you know, I think it's they're a family and we're a family, and we just got on good together. You know, and even invited out for out for Christmas time. You know, to to this place. Yeah. The, the 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 big thing I found people ask me about the Solbergs was the biggest thing I found is just their passion for it and how much they love rallying. I mean, he won the world championship nineteen years ago, and he's just in no way near bored of it yet. Still, you know, he he still wants. He's still thinking of. I how to improve thing. everything, yeah, and, you, you know, know yeah. the, the, the tires, you know, the, the few, everything. Uh, the few, the, the passion the few for it, uh, saving the whatever. You know. yeah. <laughs> we, we had a lot of good stories of him because he told me when he started rallying, he went uh, to the bank and wanted to borrow a uh, hundred thousand euro to go and start his rallying career. And uh, he said, because I want to be, I'm going to be world champion. You know, and he got the money, and I think nobody would do that today. Well, they don't. You know, I know what my bank manager would say. Yeah. <laughs> the second one would be off, by the way, wouldn't yeah, it? Exactly. <laughs> uh, no, quite a character to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then a, a bit closer to home, Marion, you finally get the monkey off your back in the Ulster. You got your, you got the one second in the championship. You know. It's been, a, you know, it's been one of those years that you started off great. You took a wee bit of a step back, but the way you regrouped yourself, I think, really marked you out this year. That at other years you would have got a bit down about that, but you gathered yourself together, yourself and JJ, and pushed on. Donegal onwards, the times all started to come back again. Yeah, it did. It did. We had a really good start to the year, actually. Probably, I think, someone the other day, the start the year we had, it wasn't, you know, obviously we went there to do as well as we could, but it was probably. A bit of a, a shock to a lot of people that we went so well on the first two rallies, and um, it was a bit disappointing then because obviously you set the bar so high and you drop off the boil a bit. It's it's not not as fun, but yeah, we had, it was kind of we had to kind of kind of say middle of the year, right? We need to think about where we are here and 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 kind of rebuild. And Donegal was a good opportunity for that. You know, three days. I knew before the year started, Donegal would be tough because I'd only done once before to go and race mm-hmm. properly there. You know, so we we just decided went they did our own thing and drove. We obviously still had to drive pretty hard, but drove comfortably, not not taking the risks that the the guys in front of us were, and and I, I think it paid off for the result. And even you know, don't get me wrong, on pace maybe we didn't deserve third, you know, on pace. But then on a rally like that, we know that people make mistakes in Donegal. So you know, we the way we looked at it, we carried out a plan, we got it, and we got the result at the end, and that for the confidence was really good, actually. 
Yeah, like Donegal, I always say you can never win Donegal on Friday, but you can surely lose it, you know. And, no, and, uh, and you can definitely lose it on Sunday as well. Yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, this year proved that. Yeah, so. Yeah, I said to Rory Kennedy on, I think, Park Fermi on Saturday night, said, Not a lot's happened yet, Rory. I'm trying to, I'm starting to doubt my plan here. And he said, Don't you worry, boy, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, it, it, it was a bit wild what happened on Sunday, but, yeah. you know, it all kind of comes to head at some point. You know, those guys, you know, they go at each other so hard and. Yeah. It was going to happen to someone, and you know, unfortunately for three of them, it happened to them. Yeah, but, yeah it was unbelievable just the way. It but you know, you, you've still got to be. At the end of the day, we've got to look at it that we were we were in the in the frame to pick up the pieces. You know, exactly. we weren't that far behind, really. No. So, mm-hmm. and yeah. since then, we we actually we improved the car a fair bit. Actually, after Donegal, we looked at some things we could do, and and we're trying to do some more again over winter to to make sure we're we're not like getting left behind again. You know, but. No. Um, it's going to be half bottles of water from now on. I won't be any. <laughs> <I'm telling laughs> <you. laughs> always all right, just wet enough anyway, so we can leave it <laughs> And Mel, from your point of view, to see him finally get that one in the Ulster, like that must have given that must have been fantastic, you know, to see your son spraying the champagne. Uh great yeah. feeling. It was, and again, it was a rally which I walked up and down the car park again about a hundred times, I think. So I think I've got my own footpath there. Yeah, I think, um, <laughs> you know, we're waiting for the bill for modern tyres with new concrete. <laughs> yeah, and it was nice because, you know, um, I knew he could do it. You know, it's just a matter of holding it all together. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, okay, Desi Henry was leading, but I think when it went wet in the morning, like, I think it would be interesting to see what the times would have been at the end of the first days because we are clocks halfway in and may run as well up, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I did the grab notes for him and drove around. It's a tricky, tricky rally, that uh, Ulster rally, you know, with, especially with the weather and changes. And even though he had a good lead then, it's just keeping it, you know, to, you know, keeping ahead and getting it through. So it was obviously nerve-wracking for him and pretty nerve-wracking for me. But like I said, he's got the monkey off the back now. When you can build on that, then, you know, it's like getting once you've had one win. Yeah. The second one is always easier, and the third, hopefully, is always easier. It just it just you know, happens, then, you, you know. know. You look back and you think probably Galway. We got we probably I think we shook Josh probably on a Sunday to get within five seconds of him after the lead he had. And I think if I would have had a bit more experience and knowledge of how to win a rally, we'd probably gone about it a bit better, you know. Yeah. And like you look at West Cork again, we we put a big time in, in the second stage on Sunday and kind of we started the day twenty three off the lead, and after the second stage on Sunday, we were eight seconds off the lead. Mm-hmm. With more experience again, I think you can probably put yourself. I answer that through the mind again for the next yeah, stage. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. You just got to carry that through all the time. It's not about just one stage; it's doing all of them. You uh-huh. know, it's it. But yeah. not taking nothing away from Josh Moffat this year. I think he's driven, you know, phenomenally well. Phenomenal yeah, really. You know, you know, it's been his year, yeah. and he deserved to win the championship. And I was glad he did win the championship. You know, yeah. uh, even though if he'd have broken down and Ulster and Mayron would have uh, finished, Mayron would have won, which. It's a bit strange. I don't know how the points work, but I still think Josh, you know, was yeah. the worthy winner this year. He was, you know. He's taken some huge risks, and you can see his, you know, just seen in car, well, or cameras and videos of what he's yeah. been doing. He's been on the racket ends a few times, and yeah. he's been lucky. He's got away with it, you know, and yeah. you don't get away with that all, all the time, you know. Yeah, no, and uh, and know. that's the joy of rallying. You do need a bit of the rub of the green down again as well, too, you, don't you? You do, so, you do, yeah, yeah. You need mm-hmm. a bit of the rub of the green. And like I said, I think Mayron went off after circuit. The circuit this year, you went off and hit the car a bit. I think because he's mechanically minded and works in the cars ourselves uh, with us here, he sees what's involved in doing him the cost of repairing him, even though he didn't do much of damage. But that just knocks you a bit, I think, uh, you know, mm-hmm. because... His car, his baby, he won't leave me higher than to anybody else, you know. 
it's just the way it is. There's nothing worse than, than going back, opening the trailer and seeing, you know, a damaged car in the trailer, you know, on the Monday. Yeah. So, so that knocks your confidence, but, you know, you've got to pick yourself up and just keep keep fighting away. And then yeah. as things got through and onto the Ulster Rally, the pace was back again and uh, he had the win, which is... Uh, to be honest, even thing. we did rally by and that didn't go, you know, very well again. But even our, our pace on rally by was fine. You know, I wasn't really... I knew that the speed was back and I know I can probably go a bit better, better yes. again, but... You know, we we were matching Oshun and Hayden Padden on on rally by, so I, you know, yeah. we got it back nicely towards the end of the year. But I just think we can hopefully just not have that dip next year would be nice. Yes, uh, just to keep it consistently yeah. good. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, excellent, excellent. And then you know, we almost forgot Alistair Fisher was in the, you know part of the team this year as well. Again, yeah. one of those naturally <laughs> gifted drivers who can step into a car. And like doesn't do an awful lot of events throughout the year, but has that capability to step in and go fast. To to be fair, I think um, Alistair Fisher is probably one of the most rapid drivers I've worked with. You know, uh, <laughs> he's very very quick when he when he wants to be. But unfortunately, this year a couple of incidents has happened, and you know, in my opinion, he's thrown the championship away in mm-hmm. one way or another. You know, he'd have been definitely up there to win it if it wasn't for what happened in Killarney. And, and and then obviously in Cork or whatever came after that, you know, you had a yeah. comfortable win going into the last day in, in Cork. Mm-hmm. And it's the same, those little things, you know, when you're up against these other boys, you, you know, two on finish the gap and you're out of the frame. Mm-hmm. But as a driver, I think he's a, he's a very capable driver, but he just needs to reset. I don't know what he'll do next year and mm-hmm. look, you know, a couple of things, I think, uh, you know, in what's happened and what's happened with them through the year. Yeah. And he's a very, very, you know, Top end contender, no doubt about it. Ali's one of those. If he gets it together properly, you're going to struggle to live with him. You know, yeah. if he had like the day, the loop he had when it went wet in Cold Twenty, and we were all on medium slicks. You know, me, Callum, and Josh were much of a muchness over the three stages. Really, we were second here, second there. But uh-huh. Ali took a chunk. You know, and you just think that's that's. I don't know if it's being brave or just it's just his ability. You know, uh-huh. but he can do it. Yeah, and on day two of the circuit as well. Yeah, just that, that turnaround to, was... Aye, because, just the way everyone just fell into place. And, I was surprised because, yeah. you know, yeah. I thought I was miles out of it after the first day of the circuit. I kept saying to Killian at the stage end, you know, I'm driving badly. And I, mean, I looked at the results at the end and Ali's only like 14 seconds ahead of me. I think he's mm. not had a great day either. But then yeah. second day to turn it around and win from there was was quite <laughs> special, actually. Mm-hmm. But you could tell he was committed in the, mm. on that circuit. You know, he, he's knocking dormers off on wings or coming. You know, he was really, really pushing hard, you know. <laughs> You know, and uh, I think we either could get through with a win, you yeah. know, you know, he yeah. was going for it, and you could tell his uh, his mentality. But that, that was his experience as well, because he yeah. sniffed the win and, and went and got it, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, just shows the caliber of the guy that he, yeah. he can see something and visualize it yeah. for it. Yeah, so I was just very frustrated when what happened to Cork, you know, pro, pro, you know, nothing against Alistair, but it, I was frustrated myself in what happened because. <laughs> I thought, right, he's coming away with a win, yeah. You know, he had the, he built it up, and then mm-hmm. going into the next one, Ulster would have been a good rally for him. I would have thought. Yeah, it's how easy the rallying changes. You know, there's no in between. It's either yeah. on the top or on the yeah. bottom. That's like you're here yeah. one day, and then, yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like in, in twelve hours, he went from having the biggest lead we've seen all year in the Tamak Championship after the first day to. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. away, and it's yeah. just a shame. It yeah. is a shame for him, yeah, because yeah. he's a nice fellow, you know, and um, yeah. you know, yeah. thinks a lot, and the whole family are tidy, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. well, big names on the in rallying. Oh, for sure, they're rallying, rallying royalty here in Ireland. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then for yourselves going forward, is there any ambitions for Melvin Evans Motorsport? Would you like to venture on, you know, you've got a taste of working with Peter, would you like to do some rounds of WRC? 
you know, we've been offered with some uh, drivers to price it, but I think I pulled the line and said, uh, no, you know, you know, when is once you go into WRC, it's time away. And it's not my main business, Rowling. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's probably Rowling's turned out to be too much, really, mm-hmm. for, for what I wanted it to be. And I think, you no, know, if I wanted to go and do WRC, I'd want to do, do it properly. So you'd have to do a lot of time into it. Mm-hmm. So, no, you know, I think we'll give that a miss and just stick with the Irish tarmac. Yeah. It's a fabulous tarmac championship to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, might look at taking Maiden to do one or two, maybe in Europe somewhere, just just to have a bit of a change. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think we'll just. But you look at a, stay humble and stay as we are. A concentrated WRC program is every rally for like the truck is from 10, 11 days away. You know, if you go yeah. to Europe, and like like Dad said, it's it's the garage. If we were a primarily a motorsport team, you have to take all the work you get. But obviously. We can't really justify that much time being with. He has to be at home to run the garage and stuff, and you know, yeah. We have we we need to look after both sides at the end of the day. That's that's the main brother. But you know, for me, if somebody turns in five o'clock once an MOT at five o'clock, we'll do it. <laughs> you know, that's the way it's always been. Yeah. If a farmer comes or anybody comes in with a car to do it, you know, we we'll go off the rally car to work on a on a normal road car because that is your bread and butter. You know, with rallying. Yeah. That allows you to go rallying and do an all exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Two years ago, I mean, when COVID hit, I mean, if we were just motorsport, we had two or three brand new polos hitting there, would, and we wouldn't have been earning anything. So, luckily, mm-hmm. the garage kind of, you know, we're quite lucky. The garage is uh, normal stuff, is quite, quite <laughs> busy. So, that keeps it going. And you don't know, like, okay, we've had a busy couple of seasons. Uh, mm-hmm. But a lot of those drivers, I think, won't be doing much maybe for the, for the next few years. Yeah. And unless you get other drivers to go in, which is is hard for them to get budget in these days with what's happening. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe and, next year we will only be running Marion. You, you, you don't know. You don't know. Yeah. It's going to take. It's over the garage. If uh-huh. we've we got Marion, fine. It doesn't bother me, you know, because we've got plenty of work to go on with anyway. Sure so yeah. I think we'll struggle to top the drivers we have had over the last, you know, two or three yeah. years. I mean, yes. we've had pretty much the best drivers in the country in our cars, which has been really nice. Uh-huh. But have something like Solberg as an extra was was obviously like a cherry on top. But um mm-hmm. yeah, it would be nice to, to keep some, some you know, we've been very lucky to, to have such good drivers in, but you know yeah. I think when you got top end drivers in the team, uh, I notice even with my mechanics, they all work that bit harder, you know, mm-hmm. because they want the win as much as anybody. Not yeah. as in anybody, but somebody's winning 20th or 30th in a rally, you don't get the same buzz maybe from the mm-hmm. boys when they're challenging for a win or or that kind of thing. When we've been in that scenario, it's uh, it, it's it's nice, you know, but uh, it's hard yeah. to get top end drivers. You feel it, you know, in service, you, even as a driver or when I'm working, you know, if I drive into service then to my car and you, you're fighting for the lead, you know, the atmosphere in your service tent is different completely, you know. I, everybody's just more focused, yeah. more yeah. zoomed yeah. in. Yeah. Everybody wants it more for each other, you know. It's, yeah. You've got to raise the bar a bit yourself. Then. <laughs> it, bring, it brings the boys together as well. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. Well, no. lads, I think that's as nice a place to wrap it up as any. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and getting a, a feel for Melvin Evans Motorsport. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Gavin. Yeah. Gavin, you know, great opportunity to catch up with Melvin and Marion and I suppose maybe go to a marker for the, the 40th you know episode as well. Just like the involvement that they've had and, and Melvin's had in Irish motorsport over the last oh, 15, 20 years, whatever. It's just been incredible. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and as he mentions there, you know, he's, you know, we started out uh, the business and then, you know, the way it developed and he's only driving too, won in the national championship, the only driver from outside the island of Ireland to won that, you know, back in 2010 and just 
we know the you know his car prep and his car hire business second to none you know so absolute pleasure and as you say what a way to mark the 40th or 40th episode of, of, of 2022 you know 40th anniversary get way ahead of yourself <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was episode 40 so thanks once again and if you could please, please take the time just to like share comment rate subscribe all those things makes a huge difference so until the next time take care speak soon and bye <laughs>